everyone. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through Sunday, May 8th. Yay! We're back, Gina! It's episode two! Episode two! Here we come! (laughs) I am really excited um, to break down all of the news that we have for today, and we both want to wish all of the mothers out there in the skating universe a very happy belated Mother's Day. Yes. Actually, today is Mother's Day when we're recording this, but yes, happy Mother's Day to all of our skating moms out there who do so much for our skaters. Um, So I hope they had a wonderful day today and hopefully they got to see their skaters. I know some of them probably didn't, but hopefully they got to spend some time with the skaters in their lives. I hope so too. And for our fans out there who are not in the skating world with kids or friends who skate, we also extend it to you as well. Yes. Hope you had a wonderful day. So one thing I wanted to talk about before we break into our regular segments is what you guys may not know is a couple of months ago now, both Gina and I were guests on Kelly Rippon's Instagram live series that she was doing. We were. We were. That's pretty great. And, and if you don't know who Kelly Rippon is, she, of course, is the mother of Adam Rippon. And she has been doing these Instagram live episodes where she has been interviewing people from inside and outside the world of skating. Um, Just kind of bring you a unique look at the sport. I know she's had Meryl Davis on, Brian Boitano, but she's also had Alex Johnson was just on recently and he's a retired um, competitor. So, and she's had people not necessarily like us who are skaters, but people who are outside of this, you know, outside of the realm of the sport, I guess inside the sport, but a different. Uh, yeah, our role is a little bit different. She's also yeah. had our friend Jackie Wong was a guest on the show and Jordan Cowan. She's really um, done a great job with that. She kind of, I think, started it during the Olympics and it just kept going and mm-hmm. she's still mm-hmm. doing it. So if you'd like to check out any of those interviews that are all still on her Instagram, she is at K Ripon and that's at K R I P P O N on Instagram and yeah, check it out and stay tuned for more of Kelly's interviews. Yeah, she always posts when she's going to have them. Most of the time they're like 7 p.m. Eastern, but just keep an eye on her um Instagram. She tweets about it too. So you can check it out actually live and comment and ask questions. I think you can as well. So, yeah, but there is another person we need to mention that has a podcast who actually she is, I think, the reason why you're hearing so many skating (laughs) podcasts, because she was like the original. But after a seven year hiatus, the Manly Women Skate Cast returned in January and that podcast is by Allison Manley and she started it back in March of 2007 and since returning she has since interviewed Elizabeth Manley and Courtney Jones this week she dropped an episode where she chatted with two-time Canadian champion and ice skating analyst Debbie Wilkes 
So make sure you check out Allison Manley's Manly Women's Skatecast. Um, again, she is the reason probably that we're <laughs> maybe doing this <laughs> podcast because she, I mean, back when podcasts weren't podcast, I mean, the yeah, start yeah. of podcast, 2007. So um, I'm glad she started it back up again. And she also is a skater herself as an adult competitor. So that's just great as well. So yeah, so we wanted to shout out to Allison promote her a little bit because as Gina said I think she really served as kind of a role model for some Mm -hmm. of us or initiator instigated us to move forward in the podcasting realm and so yeah welcome back Allison we're really glad to have you Mm -hmm. back doing some content again and yeah you guys should check it out she's on all the platforms but we will also put everything in the show notes as well, so you won't have to do any work. Right. With that, I think we should transition into the event results segment of our podcast. Again, this is kind of the quiet time before yep. the big storm. <laughs> so there really weren't any events with results. However, the ISU did hold their junior ice dance seminar which took place in Obertsdorf last week. This seminar focuses on ice dance coaches and teams and their development to take their skating to a higher technical level. It's led by some world-class coaches who will also be working with the coaches one-on-one. Maurizio Margalia was like the chair of the event. Um, Rostislav Sinitsin, Juris Razguliev, and Elena Novak were also on hand to uh, work with coaches and teams. There are daily on and off ice classes. And the novice ice dance seminar is actually Hmm. taking place this week from May 7th to the 14th. So this has been going on for a while. I've seen a lot of photos on social media (laughs) from teams and coaches who were on their way there. Um, They were appreciative of the opportunity to get to work with some of these coaches who have taken their teams to such a high level. It's great to have that chance, and the ISU has been doing this for a while, so I hope it continues. Now, where's the novice one taking place? Also in Germany? I believe it's also in Obertsdorf. Nice. That's a great opportunity also for the younger teams yes. to get some uh, you know, some time in practice and, and learn and develop and um, cause especially, you know, as we've mentioned before with the pandemic, um, the younger team suffered the most. So it's nice to see things getting back up for also not just, you know, the seniors and the juniors, but our, our young teams as well, our novice teams. So that's yeah, great. I read the communication that had all the information in it. They were prepared to hold this seminar virtually if they needed to, oh, but it okay. was held in person. So I'm grateful Um, For all the coaches and the kids that got to go and, you know, train with Maurizio and the others. Because it's, as you said, that pandemic, it really Mm. kind of was like a brick wall. And I feel like slowly we've chipped the bricks away. And now (laughs) things are getting back to a little bit back to maybe not the normal we knew before, but a normal that is allowing everyone to move forward and be on the ice and train. Right. So since we don't have much event results, we're going to move on now to our general skating news. And the ISU released three communications this past week 
As usual, all are focused on the 2022-2023 season. And I'll let you go, Daphne, with the first one because that was the ice dance one. Yes. So I have not had the opportunity yet to dive into and compare the previous scale of values with the new scale of values. I think that would take up an entire podcast if if we were going <laughs> to discuss all of that. If you guys want that, if you want us to do an episode where we focus on scale of values, <laughs> let us know and maybe we'll produce a special episode to get get us ready for the 2022-23 season. So communication number 2473, the ice dance scale of values. It includes the scale of values for the pattern dances with or without key points, as well as the elements in the rhythm and the free dances. This also includes the new choreographic assisted jumps, which start at a base value of 1.10 and are graded like the other choreographic elements with regard to the GOE. The choreographic rhythm sequence, which starts at a 2.0 base value, has a total high point total of 7.50 GOE. I know we have some fans out there who (laughs) agree with us. Um, I'm still wanting to see programs to determine how this is actually going to work. Yeah. But in a I nutshell, <laughs> that's that's what I have to deliver for this week. Yeah. So for the second uh communication that came out this week, I kind of took a little look, but I'm not I didn't take a full look and this is for number 2474, which is singles and pairs levels of difficulty and guidelines for marking GOEs and program components. And this replaces the communication that was two, three, three, four. And I looked at it for mostly singles. Um, It didn't look too much in pairs. But again, you know, if you would like to hear more about the pairs part two, we can definitely do a little of a deeper dive into it for pairs and for singles because I didn't go in completely all into singles. But one thing I did see was the definition of a jump sequence is pending, and this is pending the Congress decision, but a jump sequence consists of two or three jumps of any number of revolutions in which the second and or the third jump is an axle type jump with a direct step from the landing curve of the first second jump into the takeoff curve of the axle jump. So one full revolution on the ice between the jumps, the free foot can touch the ice, but without weight transfer, keeps the element in the frame of the definition of a jump sequence. Jumps executed in a jump sequence receive their full value. So that was, I took it directly from there. That's the definition of the jump sequence pending the Congress decision on that. The other thing I saw in there was about spins. And to receive a level four in any spin, one of these features must be counted. And it's a difficult change of position on the same foot, difficult exit, clear change of edge, both directions immediately following each other in a sit or camel spin, clear increase of speed, difficult variation of flying entry. So that was... The spins, another thing that came up with the spins too is the difficult entrance and difficult exit are two different features. And to get credit for both features, they must be executed in 
two different spins and the movements must be of different nature. Um, another thing I saw too was the definition of a choreographic sequence, and this is also pending the Congress decision. A choreographic sequence consists of at least two different movements, like steps, turns, spirals, arabesques, spread eagles, enobowers, hydroblading, any jumps with a maximum of two revolutions, spins, etc. And again, that's the definition of a choreographic sequence, and that's pending the Congress decision. For step sequence, two combinations of three difficult turns on different feet executed with continuous flow within the sequence. Only one difficult turn may be repeated once in the two combinations. Um, there were some changes and clarifications for the GOE and program components. One thing is if a change of edge occurs between a jump combo, the reduction of the GOE is going to a minus two from a minus one. So there is going to be a higher um, reduction in the GOE. Um, poor takeoff is also going to be changed in the GOE. So an example, if a toe-assisted a, a toe jump is taken off from the full blade, um, the reduction in the GOE is going to be, instead of a minus one, it's going to be a minus three. And now this is all if the technical panel actually sees it and uses, you know, grades that um, GOE to be a minus three. And then the touchdown of the free foot in between jumps, the reduction in the GOE is going to be a minus two instead of a minus one. So those were some of the things I saw. There's a lot in, there's, I think, some other things in there, you know, but um, I just pulled out a couple things there. So the final communication that came out was 2475, which was single and pair skating scale of values. And this replaces communication number 2253. And the only thing I saw with this is really affecting pairs. The only change is to the death spiral base values. Um, the base value for a back inside death spiral has increased from, and it's up, I think, 0.20 is the high base value is going up by. But the base value for a forward inside death spiral remains the same, not changing. Um, base value for a back outside death spiral has been raised by 0.10. And a forward outside death spiral has been raised by 0 0.40. So, um, I kind of actually interested why the forward inside death spiral remains the same and everything else <laughs> changes, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, there is going to be an increase in the base value for three of the four death spirals. Um, but again, if we can put the information in our show notes for you to read those three communications so you can, you know, look in and see what exactly has changed, what is staying the same, um, you know, they're not too long. They're, I think, each 11 pages, but we pulled out some things there for you that can help you understand what some things are and what has changed a little that bit. That is great. See, there's so much going on. This is the time of year that we get all of this information and have a little bit of time to process it before the season starts. And so I really do need to take some time to dig into the dance one and we'll see if we can bring you some additional info again if you want a super deep dive let us know we'll put together a special podcast on that 
Um, moving on, the International de France will be held in Angers. It will be the fourth French city to host the event since 1995 when the Grand Prix was created. The other three cities are Bordeaux, Grenoble, and Paris, and the event will take place from November 4th through the 6th. Yeah, and speaking of Grand Prix, tickets went on sale just last Friday for Skate America at the Skating Club of Boston in Norwood, Massachusetts. And I took a look. Tickets are selling fast, especially for the sections along near the judges. So if you're interested in going, uh, make sure you get your tickets soon because I believe this event is going to be a sellout. Definitely. And we've talked about this in our first episode about the number of seating. And there's something I'll mention later on in this episode that we're going to try to bring to you guys. So uh, stay tuned for that. So we're going to move on to our social media updates. Again, this is when we go across social media and find articles or information that's been put out there about your favorite skaters. It's information they posted themselves. So we're happy to share that on this episode. The first item that I have is that Chinese Olympian Han Yan announced on Weibo Mm. and Instagram that he got married in January 2021 and that his first child, a girl, was born last month. So we want to wish congratulations (laughs) to the happy family. Yeah. Well, we've got some other baby news to announce. Mikhail Brezina and his wife, Danielle, are expecting baby number two, which is going to be a boy in November. And they already have a two-year-old daughter named Naya. Yes. Congratulations to them also. Yeah. And not just baby news, but we've got some school news to pass along. But uh, Paige Ryberg posted on Instagram that she will be graduating this week, I believe, from the University of Colorado at Colorado Springs. Uh, Paige has been majoring in communications. I think she wants to do a little broadcasting. Maybe we should get her on our podcast here. Yeah. But I know she's been working very hard um, at school and in training. So congratulations to Paige on that. Um, Ren Warren Jacobson announced that she will be heading to the University of Minnesota Twin Cities in the fall to study political science. Ren trains in Minnesota, so I know she's going to continue to do school and training. So um, congratulations to her and best of luck to her this coming fall. And congratulations to all the skaters graduating from college and high school this year. This is the time of the year when graduations are happening. So we want to wish everybody who's graduating from college and high school um, a big congratulations. Um, Good luck in whatever you're pursuing going forward, um, whether it is school Um, If you're heading off to college somewhere or if you are going to be just focusing on skating, that's great. But uh, yeah, big congratulations to everyone graduating uh, this spring here. By the way, it's not too late to cast your vote for Michelle Kwan to enter the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Hall of Fame, class of 2022. Voting ends on May 16th. So by the time we record our next episode... Voting should be just about closed. So yeah, do we know when they're announcing? They have not said. So we'll okay. of course keep our fingers on the pulse so that that we can deliver that information to you. 
Yeah. Um, in addition to all of the technical information coming out, this is also the time of year that we get news on our favorite skaters, if they're going to continue next season or if they're going to retire. And so in that case, we have Canada's Natalie D'Alessandro and Bruce Waddell have ended their partnership. Natalie is going to retire from skating to attend university full time. We don't have any information on what Bruce is going to do, but he is a single skater in addition to ice dance and finished 16th in the men's event at the 2022 Canadian Championships. We talked about um, Bruce's brother George last week uh, had ended his partnership with Sasha Fear. Both of the Waddell brothers have ended their partnerships. Um, Natalie and Bruce are the 2022 World Junior Silver Medalists. That happened just last month. They're the 2022 Canadian Junior Champions, and they won a bronze medal in the team event at the 2020 Winter Youth Olympics. We wish them both the best in what they decide to do with their futures, Natalie and going to school, and whatever Bruce decides to do, whether it's continue in ice dancing or focus on singles. Yeah, I enjoyed watching them at Junior Worlds, um, so I'm sad to see them yeah. uh, go their separate ways, but best of luck to them, both, you know, Natalie at school and um, whatever Bruce ends up doing. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not the only en- partnership that's ended. Again, this is a common time of year to get this information. Um, Ice Skating Australia confirmed in their high performance report for 21-22 that Chantal Carey and Andrew Dodds are no longer skating together. Um, wishing them both the best. Um, also, Russia's Maxim Nekrasov, who was skating with Alina Ushkova. They won the bronze medal at the 2018 World Junior Championships. They kind of lost a little bit of steam after that, but they were seventh at the most recent Russian National Championships at the senior level. They split in early 2022. Nekristov has a new partner, Elizaveta Pesechnik, and they are already training for next season. Mm. Yeah, and um, we have another um, retirement from competitive skating, but for people who were familiar with Kate Finster, Kate Finster announced on Instagram that she is retiring um, from competitive skating. This past season, Kate skated with dancing on ice professional Matei Salicki, and they placed seventh at the U.S. Championships. Um, most people remember her from, with her former partner, Balush Nagi. Um, they were the 2020 U.S. Junior Champions. Um, Kate's brother, Chase, also competes in junior pairs. He trains um, with Jenny Mino and Todd Sand in California. So um, Kate didn't really say what she is planning to do now, but we wish Kate the best in her future plans. So. But it wasn't all retirements and splits. We have some other interesting things that have happened this week. So Elizaveta took to Mesheva, posted a video on Instagram where she lands a quadruple toe loop. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that video making the rounds on Twitter and Instagram. Also, Celine Bazinge and Marco Gaidayenko of Estonia announced on their Instagram that they have moved to Canada. They're now training at the Ice Academy in Montreal. This is a team that made the final. They made the free dance at both the World Championships and the European Championships. And we're beginning the next quad. So I expect to see moves like this as teams start to 
their four-year plan to make it to the 2026 Olympics mm-hmm. in Italy. Yeah. And then we also have a little bittersweet news this week. Now, I know many people probably don't know who this person is, but we kind of wanted to mention it. For those of us in the media, we learned this week that Michael Terry was leaving U.S. figure skating after eight years. Michael was the director of communications and media strategy. We loved working with (laughs) Michael. Michael always made it easy for us in the media to do our jobs. And, you know, he was just so hardworking, always running around at any event. And um, again, we just loved working with him. So we're going to miss him, but we wish him the best of luck in his new adventure. Um, He's staying in the Colorado Springs area and staying within the sport realm as well. Michael really understood the digital media side of things. And how online, but how online websites mm-hmm. devoted to promoting figure skating, how we can work with them to promote the sport. So I'm disappointed that he's leaving, but I'm also hopeful that the next person will be able to continue the great work that he did and take things mm-hmm. to the next level. Agreed. Agreed. So moving on to the upcoming events for the week, of course, Stars on Ice is still continuing in the U.S. and Canada. I think the U.S. hit their halfway mark um, with shows. I posted a review on the U.S. show this week on the Figure Skaters Online website, and Claire Cloutier posted her review of the Boston show on her website, A Divine Sport, and we'll post both those links in our show notes. And stay tuned, I'm finishing up my interview with Vincent Joe, and that will be coming out this week on Figure Skaters Online. And we also have a couple more interviews with the cast of the U.S. tour. Well, International Figure Skating Magazine posted an article where they interviewed show choreographer Jeffrey Buttle about this year's show and the three-year absence of the Stars on Ice Canada tour. So we will be posting a link to that article in our show notes. But I think there's an overarching sense of joy in everything I'm reading. I think people are just really happy to have live Mm -hmm. show skating Mm -hmm. back in the landscape again. Because, as we said, with the pandemic, things were much more difficult. And it's great to see people being able to enjoy live skating again. Yeah, agreed. Totally. Um, And it's been nice to see just, you know, fans posting about how much they've enjoyed being back at the show. Not only just the skaters who are enjoying performing, but fans being appreciative to see, you know, their favorite Olympic programs in person and getting to see the skaters that they got to watch um, the season, you know, actually watch them in person and not just on the TV screens. Um, If they haven't been able to travel to competitions like all of us and get to do so yeah we've been lucky (laughs) i feel like we've we've had to deal with different protocols depending on masking and distancing but we've managed to make it work so that we can get back to doing the things that we enjoy as well one of the last things i want to mention is there's a lot of social media activity around kurt browning skating to his naya or Skating to Naya, which is a program he revived since skating it on the tour in 2001. Hmm. It's a very popular program, and people are just, you know, enjoying watching him skate it in person again. So 
It, it was a groundbreaking mm. program at the time it debuted. It's just there's his connection with the music and the choreography is really incredible. Well, we can't, you know, forget to mention the other tour that is kind of resuming. Um, it's returning this weekend. It's called Ice Dreams. Um, it is returning this weekend to Delaware, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Um, that show stars um, Gracie Gold, Jeremy Abbott, Max Aaron, Polina Edmonds. Um, we mentioned last week that Ashley King Gribble and Timothy LaDuke have had to pull out of those shows as she continues to recover from the concussion she sustained at Worlds. But there is an addition. Um, Emily Chan and Spencer Howe um, have joined the cast, and they will be participating in this weekend's shows. Um, Emily and Spencer are the pewter medalists um, from the U.S. Championships this year. So that's great for them. They get the opportunity to perform. Um, Ice Dreams is a little different than Stars on Ice in the fact that um, young skaters can get to perform in the show. Um, so if you've got a young skater who might be interested in being a part of the show and getting to take on a seminar with the cast, um, we will put the information in our show notes for Ice Dreams. Um, again, they're performing this weekend in Delaware, Connecticut, and Massachusetts, but they still have a few more shows kind of northeast area but we will put all that information in show notes so if you're in the area you can definitely check out the show and if you've got a young skater they can take part as well so great to see another show also um making the waves this uh season yeah absolutely we do have a couple of items that we're we want to alert you to now because they're upcoming and we'll probably share them on this podcast and our next one, just so that you have time to get tickets. The first one is the Skate for Ukraine show that is taking place in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Ice Center. Proceeds will benefit UNICEF, and it's taking place on May 21st. We will uh, share that as well in our show notes. And also the Fantasy on Ice tour kicks off in Makuhari, Japan on May 27th and will continue to three additional locations, Nagoya, Kobe, and Shizuoka. Olympic champions Yuzuru Hanyu, Shizuka Arakawa, and Gabriela Papadakis and Guillaume Cizeron are headliners on this all-star cast. I also saw Anna Capellini and Luca Lanotte oh. are going to be on it as well. And opportunities to see them skate um, have not been far and wide so if you get to one of those shows let us know we'd love to hear about what the show was like for you we'll be able to share it with everyone else in our twis universe yeah because i would love to go to see that show too bad it's in japan and <laughs> so gina will you share with folks where they can find us absolutely so yes you can find us at our website thisweekinskating.com and we promise we're going to get that website looking spectacular really soon. We're just trying to get our bases covered with our podcast here and then we will make it look great so you can find everything you need there. But in the meantime, you also can find us on our socials too. Twitter, and here I go with Twitter again, it's at this WKIN skating. So no E's in there. 
And then Facebook and Instagram, it's This Week in Skating. But we, you know, love to have you follow us, like us, and make sure you're telling others about us um, as well. Yeah. And if you have any questions or want to send us any feedback, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can reach out to us on our social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. And we did get a little bit of feedback this week from oh, folks. That's we, great. <laughs> yeah. So we heard from one listener. So great to have a podcast run by professionals in the industry. Oh, thank you. The second one, I really enjoyed the first episode. I've always hoped for a skating podcast that recaps the latest news. So I'm looking forward to tuning into your weekly episodes from now on. So great. Great. And this is something I alluded to earlier. We heard from a listener who gave us a great suggestion. And it's regarding the Skating Club hmm. of Boston facility in Norwood. And since we have both been there, is it possible for us to share some logistical information about the facility? Oh, okay. So okay. <laughs> um, I think Gina and I will put our heads together yeah. and come up with a list of suggestions or thoughts and share that with you guys soon. So watch yeah. for that on a future episode. Yeah, I think that's a good one because especially with Skate America there, I know there are a lot of people asking about the facility there. So yeah, um, and then, you know, we can get some questions from you guys as well uh, and what you would like us to talk about. I think that would be a great, yeah. great idea. I mean, there's a, there are things that we definitely do not know the answers to. Yeah. But there are things that we might be able to answer having been there. It's very well lit and there's not a bad seat in the place. Yeah, that I definitely. can tell you for sure. Yeah, and maybe we can get someone from the Skating Club of Boston to join us to talk about that, you know, to talk about the facility as well. I think I know just the person. <laughs> <laughs> In our next episode, we are going to talk a little bit about the summer competitions that are coming up for June and July. Yeah, can't believe it. Already talking summer competitions. I know. It's exciting, though, because I love summer competitions. I love getting to see the program so early and then getting to see them at the end of the season after they've, like, percolated for months in yeah. the final performances. So I really enjoy getting to see that. Yeah, I like, too, with the costumes, how the costumes evolve, because sometimes we're just seeing maybe just warm-ups at first or, you know, an old yeah. costume, and then we get to see the final costumes. Yeah, so it is like exciting. an evolution. It is mm -hmm. for sure. And with that, we have reached the end of our episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a great week.